1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, November 18th, and we have made it to the halfway point of the Big Ten football season. Four weeks in the books, four great, glorious weeks of Big Ten football to go. And as we look ahead to what we are coining, showdown Saturday in the Big Ten, week number five, We are joined from the jump of today's episode by Connor O'Gara. He is a senior national columnist for Saturday Down South and Saturday Tradition, focusing on all things Big Ten. And that is our focus today, Connor, as we get ready for what will be probably the most impactful weekend of Big Ten football all year long. But first and foremost, thank you for joining the Locked On Big Ten show and making your debut here.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Pretty good weekend to be able to do it. It feels like we've got really meaningful Big Ten football, which... You know, like six, seven weeks ago, I wasn't sure that we were going to really get, but here we are right now talking about a very, very important weekend, not just for the conference, but for the college
1: football playoff as a whole. Yeah, this is really like a Big Ten semifinal as they look to the national landscape for the college football playoff. And of course, we are talking about the two biggest monumental games of the weekend that we have in Showdown Saturday that will decide the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West virtually. We have on the east side Ninth-ranked Indiana visiting third-ranked Ohio State. And on the west, 10th-ranked Wisconsin visits 19th-ranked Northwestern. Those games will decide the races most likely in the east and the west. So, Connor, let's start in the east. As you look at that game between Indiana and Ohio State, at this point in November, Ohio State's probably toughest test wouldn't come against the Indiana Hoosiers, but that's where the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers find themselves in 2020. What stands out to you about that game that might decide who is the champion in the Big Ten East?
0: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I'm an Indiana grad. Like I, I experienced Indiana football through and through and I've made the joke many a time. Yeah. You know, my football or my school didn't have a football program. I just went to a basketball school. And when you say ninth ranked Indiana Hoosiers, I I have to stop myself. And I'm like, wait a minute, that is actually reality, as is kind of the case for all things 2020. You're struggling to deal with reality. But you look at this game and I love what Tom Allen came out and said. You know, we, we take it as a slight that we're a 21 point underdog in this game when we have done everything that we possibly can to set ourselves up for this opportunity in this game at the same time what Indiana is facing right now is a quarterback who is playing at such an elite level that I don't think we've fully given it credit. What Justin Fields has done week in week out is simply remarkable. And it's being overlooked because obviously he set the bar extremely high for himself last year, but Man, if you watch this guy, he's different. He he really, really is. The on-target throws are just at such an exceptional rate. I think it was Bill Landis who had this great breakdown. If you look at the incompletions that he's had this year, they're on like throwaways or – or times when you know he's been totally like flushed out of the pocket It hasn't actually been like a contested pass and of course the one that he had in the opener the loaning completion that he had against nebraska in the end zone was still a dime i mean that right. is the, t- the type of level that he's playing at right now and i think for indiana that's obviously really difficult to be able to stop for four quarters and everybody knows about the history i mean indiana has a was it 25 meetings in a row that it has been able to beat ohio state the last time that happened was before i was alive and it was a tie i mean like that that shows you kind of where the These two teams are so at the same time, though, I I love I love storylines like this. It's great that we're going to get to see Indiana kind of have this showcase game where even if they lose this game, it's still a week of talking about Indiana as a legitimate top 10 football team.
1: Right, and Indiana fans at least have this point of the season where they've been doing the screen grabs of the perfect 4-0 unbeaten record and at the top spot alone currently as it stands in the Big Ten East. But Indiana's been all about snapping streaks this year. They just two weeks ago snapped the 24-game losing skid against Michigan prior to that Penn State in that week one opener. Indiana had only beaten the Nittany Lions once out of their last 23 meetings. You mentioned the 25-game winning streak for Ohio State. The average margin in the last four contests has been in the favor of the Buckeyes, obviously, 28.3 the scoring differential there. So not great for Indiana, no. but the history of this game is so fascinating. This is Indiana's first ever regular season top 10 matchup. This is Ohio state's 99th ever <laughs> top 10 matchup during the regular season. That puts the Buckeyes tied at the top of the list across college football history with Oklahoma. Indiana does have one top 10 tilt in its history though. The Rose bowl at the end of the 1967 season, when they mm. took on USC, They did lose in that game 14 to three though. So the history lesson to get you set in the stage set for IU and Ohio state on Saturday that will most likely decide the big 10 East Ohio state coming off the idle week. They did not expect, I expect them to come out guns blazing trying to put on a show for the committee and Indiana being a 21 point underdog to start off probably going to be, Trying to earn their chops as well, saying we are a legitimate top 10 team in the country. This is not a fluke. We have come out each and every week and been the better team. So, Connor, as you see that game, do your Hoosiers, the school that you are an alum of, have a shot against Ohio State on Saturday.
0: Well, a shot of covering, absolutely. Yeah, that, that,
1: that's when and I mean if we're talking gambling
0: here, you know, good teams cover, great great teams win, good teams cover, whatever it is. Um right. but Indiana has a, a favorable chance of staying. Within Ohio State, staying within arm's reach, I think. I, I think that what what Michael Penix has been doing this year has just been extraordinary. And, and I watch what this offense has really been able to to develop into with a couple of coordinators who are in their thirties. And this isn't like some some story where you have like some big high high price coordinators doing all the work or something like that. This is a team that's truly bought into what Tom Allen has sold as the culture there. I think they hang around. I, I think they feed off of that energy early on. And I think in Ohio state defense that let's be honest, Hasn't been perfect yet. I think they're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out what those pass rushers would look like. Obviously, you lose guys like Chase Young and Nick Bosa. and That, that, that changes things. That's difficult to replace. But I think that Indiana is able to, to stay within arm's reach. And then it's one of those classic Ohio State puts its foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. I'll still take Indiana to cover nearly a
1: three-touchdown
0: spread. But Ohio State wins this game and continues its path on to the college
1: football playoff. Yeah, the Buckeyes could end up winning this game by 14, but it doesn't make the overall competitive product that we see on the field any less for Indiana. I expect it to be tight throughout. Ohio State might pull away towards the end, but this will be a really good game that lives up to the billing, the big noon kickoff game on Saturday. So let's flip over to the West now. We have Wisconsin and Northwestern. Wisconsin, just two games this year, but two wins. Northwestern, Four games this year and four wins, both unbeaten, both looking for that top spot in the Big Ten West race. As the tiebreakers go, despite Wisconsin playing two less games at this moment, if they were to beat Northwestern and then everything happens the final three weeks of the year, they would be the team going to Indianapolis due to that head-to-head tiebreaker win over the Wildcats. Wisconsin, as it stands right now, a a 7.5-point favorite, but they have not fared as well in Evanston. What do you like in this game between the Badgers and the Wildcats?
0: It can't get any sleepier in Evanston than when it usually is when Wisconsin loses this game typically, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm thinking. You look at Wisconsin and what they've been able to do in a very small sample size, of course, but I think what's different about them compared to years past is they they now have this rushing attack that's extremely diverse. It's not just, oh, we're going to feed the ball 25 times, 30 times to our go-to back and hope that everybody is able to kind of hold up they really do a lot of different things in the ground game. And even getting somebody like Danny Davis involved, I, I like the diversity that they have in the ground game to where I think the floor of this offense is just different than what it's been. And Graham Mertz, everybody's going to talk about him and you know what a big opportunity he has in this year. and Everybody's excited to see what he was capable of against Michigan. Didn't really have to do a whole lot against yeah. Michigan. And they still rolled in that game. Wisconsin is trying to also play for a shot at the playoff here. And that's what gets lost in the shuffle they have all the motivation in the world against the Northwestern team that isn't sitting there. It's you know with some two and two record or something like that. I mean everybody knows what's at stake in this one, and there shouldn't be any excuse for Wisconsin to come out flat against Northwestern, despite the fact that it is sleepy Evanston. Shout out to my parents who were born and raised in Evanston, but you know this is still a Wisconsin team that I think is is set up really well to be able to control the tempo in this game. Great matchup with that Wisconsin defense against Peyton Ramsey, who's quietly been one of the better stories in college football this year after what he did with Indiana. So, yeah, I mean, I think Wisconsin should have the advantage, but then again, we say that
1: every single year against Northwestern, for whatever reason, it doesn't always seem to matter. So as we are discussing with Connor O'Gara right now, Saturday is showdown Saturday. In the Big Ten Conference, week number five has two of the biggest games we could hope for all Big Ten football season long. Indiana and Ohio State, Wisconsin and Northwestern. So how are we going to get ready for this Big Ten Saturday? What are we going to need by us as we watch the most monumental weekend of Big Ten football that could possibly happen all year? We're going to need the only beer out there that's literally made to chill. And that is Coors Light because Coors Light is the official beer of watching any Big Ten football game, but especially Big Ten football games that are thus impactful just to drink a beer. And that is what Coors Light will provide for us today. We love our Big Ten football, but having a Coors Light next to us, cracking open a cold one makes it even that much better. And for weekend number five, we're going to need a lot of Coors Lights by our side to thoroughly enjoy this huge, giant ginormous all the adjectives weekend of big 10 football and Coors Light is made to chill because mountain cold refreshment is in this beer's DNA the Coors Brewing Company in Golden Colorado brews Coors Light that is cold lagered cold filtered and cold packaged it is literally made to chill it is the beer that I select when I need to unwind and when I want to sit back on my couch and watch big 10 football I have Coors Light by my side after a week of leading up and thinking about all the storylines and all the breakdowns and all the position depth charts and all that stuff that goes into the biggest weekend of big 10 football we have seen yet it will be time on saturday to sit down relax open a coors light and enjoy the slate that we have ahead of us and it's so easy to get coors light delivered directly to you when you go to get.coorslight.com yeah that's right get coors light in its new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com we will celebrate responsibly we will enjoy this huge weekend of big 10 football and we'll do it all with a beer that is literally made to chill and that's coors light And with such a big weekend ahead, we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves this week to put what is best for our bodies into our bodies so we are ready, we are healthy, and we are focused on a huge weekend of Big Ten football. And the best thing that I can think of is Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is literally a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it tastes like a candy bar because the Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. All 18 of their amazing flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew and they are good for you. You know that what you are eating is healthy because Built Bar is perfect for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but they are high in protein and high in fiber. Good where it counts and none of that bad stuff wrapped in as well. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com in Wisconsin when they head to the banks of Lake Michigan and Evanston, Illinois has not fared as well as of late the last six meetings in Evanston, Wisconsin, just one in five Northwestern has the clear advantage. There your parents might know some things about the agriculture this time of year in Evanston, Illinois, that grass at Ryan field on Saturday is probably going to be knee high. I expect a classic big 10 game where you put a run game of Wisconsin against a great defense in Northwestern. That has been so impressive this year And Wisconsin's defense has kind of been lost in the fold as well they have looked great against illinois of course that offense maybe not the most prolific but also great again this past saturday against michigan and then you've seen what they've done on the offensive side of the ball you talk about the variety they have in that backfield four rushers this past saturday against michigan 65 yards or more for the wisconsin badgers they're starting to find what tunes in for them do you have a pick in that game both against the spread and who you think is the outright winner that will have the best stakes at the big 10 west
0: I'm going to take Wisconsin to win Northwestern to cover. And I hate myself for doing that. Cause that sounds like a hedge. Like whenever you, whenever you do that in these spots, it, it really does sound like a hedge because I can totally see a scenario in which Northwestern just hangs around, hangs around, mm-hmm. hangs around. And we're talking about, wow, this defense has really taken that next step and and man, Peyton Ramsey, th- this guy has just done things that we didn't necessarily think we're capable of for a Northwestern team. That was awful in conference play last year but you know I still will take Wisconsin to win this game this is starting to feel more and more like a little bit of a special Wisconsin team and you've seen in the past when they can beat up on a traditional power like Michigan it usually bodes pretty well this isn't one of those years I think in which you see Wisconsin kind of you know flutter around you know multiple losses in the Big Ten you're kind of questioning what they are all year I think this is this is a game in which they should be able to pull away. They're, they're just trying to do anything they can to get out of Evanston with a win. They don't care about style points in this game. They're in a different spot maybe than, than Ohio State this weekend. I, I think that Wisconsin is able to somehow get that key defensive
1: stop late and pull out a win in the knee-high grass in Evanston. Connor, I'm not going to be mad at you for making picks this early on in the week. We're only at Wednesday. This is an early look ahead. So if you hedge against that, which I do at times too, nobody's going to hold it against you. Like you mentioned, this Wisconsin team has some chances to make a run to that college football playoff. The Big Ten Conference, as it stands right now, has the best percentage chance to put in two teams, according to ESPN's All-State Playoff Predictor. So Wisconsin, very much in that discussion. And they look to be probably the best 2-0 team in the entirety of college football. So as we look at the other five games, as it stands right now, for Big Ten weekend number five, any of those matchups stand out in your mind?
0: What about Michigan? Michigan? how was Michigan going to come out starting off one and three like this? I mean, I, I just can't believe how flat that they looked. The fact that they came out like that against Wisconsin, that's a night game at home prime time. You've got a, a quarterback that everybody's talking about and you just got embarrassed. And to me, th- that, that just is, is a fascinating development moving forward. And I, I'm very eager to see what to make uh, of Jim Harbaugh's team, because I've praised him in the past for saying, look, his floor is so much higher than what we've seen with his predecessors, with Brady Hoke, with Rich Rodriguez, of course. And this, this past weekend really kind of put that into doubt. And I mm-hmm. wonder how they're going to be able to fare when, you know, this is a year in which playing college football is different than any other and the grind of college sports when you don't have 100,000 people cheering you on and you have to go through all these different steps with COVID and when you realize that you're out of it and there's not that non-conference game where you're all of a sudden going to feel good what, what can we expect of Michigan moving forward? Because it just kind of seems like a bit of a coin flip and then probably the same thing for Penn state. Maybe they get a little bit of new life, making a quarterback switch there. But I think that these are two programs that we had just such different expectations for this year. And it's not so much about the opponent right now with them. It's how are they going to legitimately show up and play for 60 minutes? Because, neither of those teams have really been able to do that yet. And for two coaches who are considered, you know, two of the top three, four coaches in the big 10, you could definitely say,
1: I I think that this is a very telling week ahead for both of them. I think that's a great point because when you're in this season, when you only play eight games in the regular season, and that possibly one extra game in big 10 champions week, and your goals now for both Michigan and Penn state have been zapped. Sure. Everybody can qualify for a bowl game and maybe they get there and there's some motivation, but Throughout the rest of this Big Ten season, what are you going to do? Especially if you're a Michigan team this week that's lining up against Rutgers. And right now the yeah. Wolverines are a 10-point favorite. But I don't even know how I feel about that spread. I think the Scarlet Knights might have a shot in this game. And if you would have told me that three weeks ago, I would have said you're crazy. I just wonder where that motivation will stem from. And now the narrative around Michigan, as it might be, be rightfully so and deserve for Jim Harbaugh is going to be about his job and his job security moving forward. And that's always going to be the conversation that circulates around a Michigan team that struggles. That may be not the case for Penn State right now, but they have never started 0-5 in their football program's history. They are on the brink of doing that this weekend against an Iowa team that has won two straight. The Penn State offense has just baffled me. You bring in Kirk Sharaka who is the talented offensive coordinator from Minnesota, who had that RPO system working so well for the Gophers last year, and you thought he would have some of those same athletes in place with both Sean Clifford, whoever Penn State put in a running back room, and then talent on the outside with Jahan Dotson and Pat Fryermuth, and it has been anything but. 72nd in the country in expected points added per play, which is a metric that obviously tests how explosive your offense is. Penn State has been anything but that this year. The offense has struggled. They have not looked great overall. Nebraska was able to give them over 500 yards this past Saturday and still somehow found a way to win that game. Those aren't things you would expect. If a team puts up over 500 yards of total offense, generally they're going to be the team that comes out on top. That was not the case this past Saturday against Nebraska. I leave my head scratched when I'm thinking about Penn State and both Michigan.
0: Yeah, and Penn State, I've been on record saying I'm not as high on James Franklin as a lot of people are, and I think it's tough to consider him an elite coach in this sport when, let's be honest, he's been a liability in late-game scenarios, and I, I think that a lot of his coaching decisions have really cost Penn State some big-time wins, mainly against Ohio State. That's where it feels like it always comes back to bite Penn State, but the thing that gets lost in the shuffle of this year with, you know, when you lose Micah Parsons, of course, we're going to talk about that. That that matters. The Journey Brown stuff, you know, that that's super unfortunate. Unfortunate. I think this team looks different with Noah Kane out there. I I am so high on him and what he was going to become this year. And he's somebody that. You know, I I went down to IMG Academy a couple of years ago and did a story on he and Trey Sanders and that, that great backfield there and learned some incredible things about him and you know l- learned the story about how you know he wanted to go to IMG Academy and handed them handed the coach you know after his sophomore year of high school a resume with all of his all of his accomplishments, very few of which were football, and I thought well what he did as a true freshman at Penn State looked like man this guy's going to be the next great Penn State back and I thought that injury in the opener was just absolutely brutal and you talk about a Penn State team that just doesn't look like it has an identity at this point. Mm-hmm. You thought maybe with all these talented backs, they're just going to kind of figure it out. They they really haven't and I think th- that Sean Clifford looks lost out there. I mean you see some of the things that he's doing, the scoop and score that he had against Nebraska where you're just like man, where's, where's your head at right now? Because it doesn't look like it's on this football game. And That's not to be too critical on a kid who's obviously had a lot of moving parts around him. But Penn State just hasn't been able to stop the bleeding. I think part of that comes back to coaching. I think it's the perfect storm with what they were dealing with this offseason and, and some of the new pieces that they were trying to fit in and mainly an offensive coordinator as well. It just has not worked. And I don't necessarily
1: see an end in sight. Still some more games to highlight from weekend number five of Big Ten Football with Connor O'Gara. That's all coming up next. Another couple of the games that we're looking forward to here in Big Ten weekend number five. Another Friday night game for P.J. Fleck and the Gophers, Minnesota's third Friday night game in the past four weeks. They get a Purdue team coming off Purdue's first loss, but they are still very much a factor in that Big Ten West race. We are scratching our heads about Penn State and Michigan. Are you scratching your head, Connor O'Gara, about this Minnesota team we've seen so far this season?
0: Yeah. And my brother who writes for, for our uh, our site as well on Saturday tradition, he said, Minnesota is the most baffling team in the big 10 this year. He just cannot figure them out on a week to week basis. And, you know, you go, you go into this season thinking, all right, you know, they got Rashad Bateman back. They're going to be good. This is still a, a team that has Tanner Morgan, at quarterback. Yeah. You lose your offensive coordinator. That's important, but you know, you're so strong up front on the offensive line. You should be all right. You've got capable backs. And then you look up and you realize, oh, man, this team lost everything on defense and they can't stop anyone. That Maryland Mm -hmm. game was telling. And that first game against Michigan, we're thinking this is just a different Michigan offense. And right. Wow. This is going to be fun with Harbaugh, Joe Milton. And then that second game with Maryland, it really sunk in. Oh, this team just doesn't really have much of a chance. And I think there's been too much pressure that's been put on this offense. I can't really figure out Minnesota either. I I think that they're a team right now that offensively, I think they're probably better than what some of the numbers are showing, but it's just been, they've been putting some really tough spots early on. And then Purdue go figure that they've been able to get off to this start. Despite the fact that the Rondell Moore stuff remains a mystery. We don't expect him back anytime soon. I, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's opting out unofficially or what the deal is, but you know, Jeff Brom just continues to scheme guys open and it doesn't really matter. And you've got David Bell. So yeah, I mean, I I think that Purdue should, should rightfully be favored and should be able to cover a three point spread in a game like that. When, you know, if I'm picking Jeff Brom to be able to scheme guys open against that Minnesota defense, I think that's a tasty matchup.
1: It's a lot like last Friday's game for the Florida of Rosedale when Iowa was a three and a half point favorite as they headed into Minneapolis. I would like Purdue in this one. I expect because of that porous Minnesota defense the Boilermakers are going to put up a lot of points on Friday so six of the seven games let's just wrap it up it might not be the most appealing to our eyeballs sure it's Maryland and it's Michigan State on Saturday but Maryland after an idle week still sits at two and one they're looking to come back to Leah Vailoa over 670 yards in his past two games six touchdowns in those two games as well are you impressed by what you've seen out of the Terps especially after that week one opener against Northwestern when it seemed like this was going to be a very long year for the Maryland Territory Purpose.
0: Absolutely. And the Talia Tungabailoa about you know, it's interesting because you know I follow very I follow Alabama very closely and watching that situation unfold. And you know, there was a, a bit of a quiet belief that he wasn't going to be around for long at Alabama. I'll just say that. But you watch what he's been able to do at Maryland, despite the fact that you know he didn't get that full offseason. He didn't have a normal spring to be able to get right. on the same page. And it's been darn impressive. And, and I, you know, as as a fellow younger brother who has dealt with a, you know, I had an older brother who's in the spotlight like that. I'm sure he gets sick of it, too. But it looks like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And that's a team that I think a lot of people were understandably discounting coming into this year, saying that offensively they're in a world of hurt. I mean, the guys opting out, just depth issues. It was going to be a really, really tough uphill climb for Mike Loxley in year one, but they kind of look like they found their offensive identity. And I love the way that he can make plays when things break down. That's the biggest question I had about him coming into this year was, was he really going to be able to do that at this level? Because he didn't even do that as much in high school. He was more of a kind of a scramble, move the feet to be able to throw downfield. And now that he's been able to incorporate the running game as well it's fun. It's fun to be able to see this. And you, you know, you think that he's a a budding star in this league potentially. And I'm, I'm excited for, for what Maryland is able to do in 2020. If you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And I think
1: we've seen that play out so far and that's why they've been able to surpass some of these low expectations. I mistakenly said that was our seventh and final game. We briefly touched on Nebraska <laughs> and Illinois, but it's two guys yep. that used to live in the Cornhusker state. We got to dive in a little bit to the big red. Speaking of finding a quarterback, it looks like Luke McCaffrey will be that guy for the Huskers moving forward. They get Illinois this week, both teams coming off of their first win. Do you like either team in this scenario? I think Nebraska After starting one and two, still has a shot, a roundabout shot, of being in contention for the Big Ten West race, depending on what happens with Northwestern and Wisconsin this weekend. Quietly, this Nebraska defense has been good. I know we've made a lot about the quarterback situation
0: and, oh, what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to get, you know, Wandell Robinson, the the touches that he deserves, and and what's this – this downfield passing attack is going to look like quietly. The black shirts have actually been pretty good this year. I came away impressed from what they did against Ohio state in the game where they <laughs> let up 50 plus points. I actually thought that they made it more difficult on Justin Fields than it could have been. And I'm not normally the guy to say that or to give Nebraska more credit than it deserves. But, you know, I, I think in a matchup like this, you've got to like your chances at home against an Illinois team that has just been brutal with Lovie Smith. I, I think that Luke McCaffrey gives this team an identity that it hasn't had. And, I wonder about that decision with Scott Frost, what that was behind closed doors with Adrian Mm -hmm. Martinez when he realized he finally had to make that move because you saw him play Adrian Martinez in the Northwestern game a bit longer than what we were expecting. And then Luke McCaffrey comes in and he provides that spark and maybe he was just waiting for him to be ready, but I think he's ready and I think he's still going to make mistakes and I think there are going to be moments where it feels very similar to what Adrian Martinez was doing, but that Nebraska team loves Luke McCaffrey. I mean, they are all about him. You can see the spark and I I thought that Nebraska went about as far as it could go with Adrian Martinez. And I I like that Scott Frost was finally willing to make that switch. I thought it paid dividends for him this past weekend against Penn State. So yeah, I'm going to take them to be able to to kind of continue what what they established in that game against Penn State. I, I think that Luke McCaffrey has a very, very big game against Levy Smith's defense.
1: Scott Frost said it despite Penn State struggling this year yes the only winless team in all of the Big Ten Conference to get a win over that name brand opponent was important yeah. for the program for him for the entire state of Nebraska and as you watch that Cornhusker team this Saturday remember a lot of those guys out there on offense right now are very very young sophomores and freshmen that have been thrust into these experiences and now getting a lot of Big Ten playing time so even if it's a struggle this year in 2020 the future in Lincoln Nebraska I think we've been saying that for three years looks pretty bright for the Huskers regardless that is how the weekend five slate looks for the Big Ten Conference, and joining me to give us an early look ahead has been Connor Logera, an SEC guy and a Big Ten guy. But our focus was the Big Ten today, and he brought it the insight, the analysis, all of that to get you set with an early look at week number five. Connor, thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. So many thanks again to Connor O'Gara for coming on today's podcast, a senior national columnist for both Saturday down South covering all things SEC and Saturday tradition covering all things big 10. And that was our focus today, the big 10 conference in this huge showdown Saturday as Connor gave you a great perspective for this early look ahead to weekend. Number five of big 10 football, give Connor a follow on Twitter at CJ O'Gara CJ O G A R A on Twitter to stay locked with a guy that has perspective about the entire national landscape of collegiate football so this was our early look ahead to weekend number five tomorrow on what is normally two for thursday i'm going to try something crazy because we have two huge games as we have discussed at length now at nauseum. the big 10 east ohio state and indiana the big 10 west northwestern and wisconsin i'm going to try something that has never been tried before on this podcast dare i say the entire locked on podcast network It might work. It might not work. That's why I'm not guaranteeing it right now. But it might be crazy. It might take our two for Thursday and double it. We'll see how that all plays out. But I want to give you the best insight and information as we get set for Showdown Saturday in the Big Ten Conference, two games that will decide the divisional races on both the eastern and western side of this glorious conference. So that will all come tomorrow. But today, you got your early look ahead to the Big Ten weekend number five of this college football season. So until we talk tomorrow, have a splendid Wednesday.